Hello, 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 and welcome to the BNY Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Owen Shannon. Joining me is the leader against the revolution, Peter Gorski. How are you doing? Pleasure to be here with you, Owen. Pleasure to be here with you, Mark. Uh, and you just heard Peter reference his brother, Mark Gorski, all the way on the West Coast. How are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm hanging in there. I'm feeling good, and that's... I think that's all we can ask for right now. That's all we physically can do at this time. That's all we can. Yeah. Now these episodes have a bit of a delay coming out. We're currently recording in the midst of the American coup against our government, um, which is just, I I mean, it's Wednesday. That's what that is. Six days into the new year. You have to assume that like this pace that we've been on for technically not a full 12 months, we've been on it for about 10, like it can't maintain, right? I'm going to limit myself of how much I go off about this because, you know, video games that I want to make sure I stay on topic, but I'll, I'll just be brief in my thoughts. They need to, Trump's cabinet needs to just perform the 25th Amendment tonight. We cannot do this another two weeks. This is the worst. This is one of the worst days in the history of this country. And we desperately need Biden to be president right now. Right now. In fact, it'd be nice if he was president yesterday. But just, my God. Well, we've got like what two weeks to survive here, exactly, which is not a guarantee. Not a guarantee. Who knows um, what the fuck tomorrow is going to look like? Yeah. All right. So, BNY Gaming Podcast. We do talk about video games here. Believe it or not, we're a topic-based show, so you probably have your source that you go to for your daily news. That's not us. We're going deeper into the topics. We have deep discussion here. Um, couple of housekeeping notes. Um, the sound. This is a classic, like early podcast thing. You promise that the sound is going to be better. We're trying to get on the same page technology wise, so that's why it can sound muffly at points. Right now, we're doing a recorded call. In the future, there will be separate microphone recordings, and it'll make everything sound nice. Now, video games. Let's start off with what we have been playing. Has anyone been playing anything significant? I feel like I know what Peter's been playing. So, Mark, have you been playing anything significant lately? Yeah, I'm actually starting up a tradition that I might break if I get super invested. But as I did this last year, I'm doing it this year. Starting off uh, the year, playing through a series. Uh, A series I I knew I'd kind of like at some point. It's got a lot of entries in it and... I definitely heard some music in it at some point that really grabbed me, and I knew I'd have to kind of try it out a little bit, see, put my toes in the water, see how I feel about it. And it's the Yakuza series, and I'm playing Yakuza Kiwami 1. It's a remake of the very first Yakuza game. Played Yakuza 0 last year, the remake, which the more I get through the series, uh, the more I realize. I say, just, I say the series as I get through this Yakuza Kiwami 1. I'm realizing just more and more just how good Yakuza 0 was. Not that this game is is bad by any means like I, I i'm in love with the characters the main couple of characters uh, uh kiryu kazuma 
face of the series. His story is from zero to six. There's a lot, a lot of him going on, and I really want to see where where he's going, what he's doing, how he's feeling throughout it all. Um, but there's a lot, there's a lot to the game. I don't know if you guys have had much of an interest in the series, how much it's grabbed your attention. Now, Yakuza has interested me, but the old structure is what has always intimidated me. The fact that there's six, or is there, is there seven games of the original series because there's a zero? It's technically seven. And then... The okay. Yakuza Like a Dragon just came out last fall. So now, Like a too. Dragon, Like a Dragon has really caught my eye because I've heard great things about it, and the main character of that sounds like an awesome character to me because his whole thing is that he's like obsessed with Dragon Quest, which I have no reference for. I've never played a Dragon Quest game, mm-hmm. but then he goes through like his life in the game, realizing like. I can just level myself up like an RPG character. And I just think that concept is hilarious. And he's also just so, a gangster as well on top of it all. So with yeah. that mentality, what could it go wrong? Yeah, I've heard such good things about Ichiban. That's his name. And it has made me really interested in the series, but I'm not the biggest JRPG guy. Therefore, I'll probably snag it on sale one day. I think it might be on Game Pass, Like a Dragon. I could be wrong. It is not. Oh, really? It is, not. It is the next-gen version is exclusive to the Series X right now, but it's not, like, first party on Game Pass. Because I know a lot of other Yakuza games are on Game Pass. I'm a little jealous about that because some of them, like, all Yakuza games are available on PlayStation in one way or another in mm. some sort of remaster collection. I do want to own them physically, but I know... Kiwami 2 is a little bit harder to get a little pricier than I might want to spend money on it, considering there are so many of them that I'm going to have to get if I want to play through the whole series. Like, And are they all like 100 hours long? Oh, no, not at all. Yakuza 0 is very much okay. the longest one at like 50, 60 hours, and the others are not comparable in length. Like how long to beat is telling me, I think it was somewhere between 20 and 30 hours. Kiwami 1 is. Okay, that's not that mm-hmm. bad. Though. It's really not that bad, honestly. Like it's it's pretty generous, like a 20-30 hour experience. For the most part, some go up to I think 40, one or two of them. But zero has the most meat into it. Yeah, like a dragon might be a little bit longer. I, I haven't really looked into that one much because I don't exactly know where it fits into the timeline. And I don't really want to spoil myself for anything just because I'm just on a ride with the story right now. Like the highs and lows of how weird and wacky you can kind of get versus the very serious a story that it's telling with all these Yakuza. Everyone's kind of got it out for each other to an extent. A lot of melodramatic twists and turns uh, throughout the ride that they might not really come off like as very powerful scenes just because it can kind of go a little over the top and like I could see some people going through the series thinking they're getting a bit of whiplash just from how silly it can be to how serious it can be. Yakuza 0 especially can go really far on both ends but it goes so well uh it does so well at going in each direction like it it complements each other in ways you really wouldn't think it would like you think you'd be done with it after a little while and maybe you can be just because after 60 hours of say zero it's it could be more than you kind of bargain for but kiwami right now nice little chunk of yakuza i'm happy with the thing the thing i appreciate 
about what I know about the Yakuza series is that they hold like what I kind of think of in my limited anime knowledge as like anime rules of we have no rules about tone or the twists that we can have here Mm -hmm. and everything can be kind of fantastical or it can be more grounded or it can be completely silly and I appreciate that about the series. But are you saying Kiwami One is kind of showing its age? Do you think? Uh, not really. Uh, I mean, it's more so the serious moments, more more of that than the wacky moments. I've noticed. I haven't really dug too far into the side quests. I'm kind of just really going through it just because it's been so long since I played Zero, and I really have wanted to know what happens next in Kiryu's story. But it it definitely pales in comparison to Zero. Like Zero is fantastic, very long. Uh, there's a lot of mini games where some of them are just kind of like you spend a couple of minutes, if not more, a little bit more, to just do a little side story. But then the characters you play in in Zero, each of them have a very deep side quest that's like another game within itself that can really derail from the story a bit. But like. It's also such a selling point. Like one of the characters has a business sim that you kind of have to run. You're running around the city buying properties and kind of like managing them in the background while you're playing the other game. While the other one kind of has a bit of a a diner dash that you're kind of running and just trying to take over the town and get your business. Each of them running their own business to some extent, except they say it's a diner dash game, but it's a cabaret club and you're just trying to hire girls from around the city. You're getting to know them there. It, it sounds like it could go in some inappropriate direction, uh, directions, but I was just enthralled with all the characters still, despite it all. That kind of like minigame concept is really cool to me. Um, They go so far with things you think are just so little. And then like we're talking about the tone, it just can go. You think it's silly, but then they're being serious. And I just don't think they're going to make the landing, but then they still do. And I still care. Like, it's not like some sort of ironic kind of humor I'm getting out of it, but it's really heartfelt. It's still a lot of investment in there. All right, Peter Gorski. What's been on your plate lately? All I have been playing, honest to God, is Warzone. As of right now, I'm not really sure why. I've kind of fallen out of playing single-player games right now. Not really sure what's triggering it. I don't think it'll last too long. But this past week, I have just had the itch for Warzone with my friends. It's just I'm having so much fun playing it i finally bought a battle pass and i've been really invested trying to get more guns more you know more uh, operators more skins for my guns i'm actually playing the best i i would argue i'm playing the best i have in warzone throughout my entire tenure still not great at it but better and i just really love battle royales Anyone who thinks that the, anyone at this point who still thinks battle battle royale multiplayer modes are just a gimmick, they are not paying attention to the current status of the gaming industry. Battle royales are just so much fun. It's just so thrilling to just jump into a massive map with some of your friends and just the simple concept of find the most supplies and last men standing wins. I haven't been this into a multiplayer game. And God, I really don't remember how long. And 
It's not like I'm of the mindset that I think Call of Duty is one of the greatest multiplayer experiences. It's not. The only the only Call of Duty uh, titles that I've really gotten into multiplayer-wise are probably Black Ops 1 and Black Ops 2. And even then, I don't really remember them too fondly. But something about Warzone just has its teeth in me. That Even when I was playing Warzone a lot at the beginning, at the beginning of the pandemic, never really had my attention as much as it does now. And I'm very much enjoying my time with it currently. Now, I'll piggyback off of this because we've been playing this together a lot, and it's one of the major things I've been playing in the last two weeks here. The Just talking about Battle Royales generally, there is just something to the fact that you're going to lose 95% of the time, and it makes that 5% feel amazing. Mm-hmm. I can vouch. It's just... I, and it's a simple thing. I was saying this to a friend the other day. I'm like, because I actually got a win with two of my friends the other night. And it's like, okay, we finally won. That's like, it was like a 20, 25 minute game. Really hard for the battle. Now we just go do it again. You don't beat the game. You don't really get much of a reward for it. You just get the satisfaction of victory. But knowing that you beat about 130, like, I'd, I think Warzone's up to 140 maps. Typically, knowing that you beat over a hundred other players and that you were standing above them, above the rest, and that you made it to the end, is just satisfying and a feeling that I can't get from like a team death match and say a Halo, Halo Three. I love Halo Three very much, but that's also why I very much want Three Four Three to make that Halo Battle Royale because come on, why won't you? I'm but just too. What, Mark? I would, I'm saying I would love to see that Halo Battle Royale as well. And we God should. Damn. We should not hold our breath, even though I think that's the perfect route for the franchise to go. But mm-hmm. anyway, Battle Royale wins are just satisfying than any other win in a multiplayer game. And I cannot, for the life of me, explain why. But I don't want to explain why, because I just like feeling that warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing that I beat over 100 other people when they could have easily beaten me. I love Warzone. But did you actually beat 100 other people? Hey, are they dead? You didn't, you didn't kill them. Like, I guess what's the point my of the take game? on Battle Royales, I guess. What's the point of the game? No, bad take. You what's think the so? Point? What's the point? Okay, what? how do you win a game? How do you win a game of a Battle Royale? Is it beating every other person in the lobby or being the last to survive? Are you the last to survive? You beat everyone else in the lobby. I see. Like I played, I remember when I first hopped on Fortnite for the first time. I would just hide and wait for there to be one other person. I won my first three games in a row, and I just didn't feel very satisfied for doing that. Oh, well, that's boom. entirely on you, though, from the play style you're playing. That's not on the fault of the game or the game or like the genre. That's entirely on your decision to play through it as you see fit. I'm just trying to play. The, I'm if I'm trying to play to win, and I know it's that easy to win. I'm just gonna go for it. Like that's that's the strategy no. technique. Uh, like clearly. That was just like a humble brag on your part yeah. because most people that are hiding till the end are not coming out for the win. I think there's a real strategy in these games where you actually need to stay engaged the whole time because if I hide for a whole game, I am not ready for a battle at the end. I mean, I'm, I'm scavenging for all my stuff in secrecy and trying to make sure nobody sees me, but it's also been a while. And I know some battle royales like just from the moment to moment encounters that like sure i'm only committing like maybe three or four minutes to a game because i die so early but i just don't feel like i'm really learning the game very well either because i only have so much opportunity like in the match of halo you 
or any any sort of multiplayer arena, 6v6, 4v4, whatever. Just you get to keep coming back and coming back. Like you know the map, you know what's happening. It, it's not removing you from it. Like you don't have to go back and find another game. Even though a lot of battle royals, you can still find something pretty quickly. Just I just feel like it can kind of take people out of it. I've I've been hit and miss with a lot of them. Fortnite's the one I've enjoyed the most. Uh, Apex I could never really get into. PUBG I wasn't the biggest fan of. Definitely not my favorite kind of thing, but I think I think Halo could be the one. I truly believe that could be the one that really grabs me. I've been pretty in on them the whole time. And I do see them as a thing where it's like the competition is really fun, but also it can't be overstated how much the social aspect helps to it. Cause like me, Peter and our friends have just been in discord calls lately and there's this thing groovy bot that you can hook up to discord and it's like playing music and stuff. And we're just hanging out like, it's the best. It, it actually kind of satisfies the idea of like hanging out with people during this. It I makes me it. feel like how we it honestly this last week about how you, me, and two of our friends have been playing as much as we have. It gives me nostalgic feelings to when we first met and playing 360 constantly all those days like all those years ago. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And to hijack it from you to talk about what I've been playing because I've been playing a ton of Warzone. I've, on top of that, been playing a ton of Call of Duty Cold War so, so that I can level up weapons for Warzone. And going off of what you said about like just your general opinions about Call of Duty, I'm kind of the opposite where I played Black Ops 1 and 2 and all the Modern Warfares when they came out because that was like... I was late grade school going into high school those were the games that's what me and all my friends are playing so i loved those games and then there was the phase of call of duty where one it became not cool but two the games actually weren't good that was like call of duty ghosts and infinite warfare and stuff and those games were severely lacking but over the past few years i've come to the conclusion of call of duty multiplayer is just something I enjoy it as something I'm pretty solid at because I've played so much of it over the years and it's fast paced and the gunplay is awesome and it's a perfect way for me to kill an hour to an hour and a half and I've just come to the conclusion that I have to accept that I like Call of Duty and I'm simple to please with it. Like I see a ton of people saying that Cold War is a bad game but I I just can't agree because I'm not really looking at it critically. It's just doing exactly what I want it to do. Um, and then on top of that, I have also restarted and been playing a lot of the outer worlds. Interesting. Which, which the first time I played through it, which I did not play through it. I played like four hours. I liked it. I liked the quest structure because basically every single quest for the most part leads you to make a decision at some point, like a decision that actually means something spoilers for early game. One of these quests includes like two people, two different communities are vying for power and that's like electrical power. And you know both of these communities, you've met people in them, 
and you have to decide like who deserves the power and make all the decisions about like, well, this community is more established and a lot more people are relying on it. But this one is a community that I like align myself with a lot more. And then it's, it's a cool moral battle that the game puts you through. And it reminds me of some of the quest structure in fallout new Vegas. It is obsidian and they were the developers of new Vegas and I'm really, I'm impressed with it. I enjoy it. I'm not that far in it still. They choose a different route where it's not open world. You're flying to different planets. And then within those planets, there are kind of like sandboxes for you to operate in. I can't tell if that's like taking away from my experience or not. I guess only time will tell with that. But um, yeah, the Outer Worlds, it's pretty solid. Anyone have anything else to get off their chest? I had a lovely dinner today. What'd you have? I just had some spaghetti. It was simple, but it was delicious. Meatballs? Spaghetti works. Got meatballs on there? No, meatballs are terrible, Mark. Come on, you know this. Ah, okay. Well, oh well. my god. Uh, Peter, don't don't be revealing your bad opinions to the audience this quickly. Uh, it's, I'm not re- well, thankfully, I haven't done that. I only gave the honesty of meatballs suck. Like that, there's actually no grounds for that. It's something there, There's no world. There's no world where anyone agrees with you unless they're vegetarian. They aren't needed. I don't. I just the spaghetti itself is fine. Meatballs are just clumps of mediocre meat. Get the fuck out of here. I want the spaghetti. Now, the one thing I'll agree with is that some people think that a meatball is simply a ball of meat which it can be, but those people are wrong because it's supposed to be seasoned. It's supposed to have spices within it. It's supposed to have flavor. And sometimes you're just getting a ball of meat, in which case I agree that is that it is unnecessary. But the general, the generalization of it, I do not agree with. Shame on you, Peter. Our Shame topic, on you. our topic today, we're taking the game series that you know and love and we're rebranding them. We're doing Assassin's Creed style. We all saw what Assassin's Creed has done. They went from Ezio hiding around in bushes to making games that look a lot more like The Witcher 3. Now we're taking a lot of the different series that you know and love and doing the same thing to them. Now, I'm going to start with one. And it just came to me in a dream. Oh, What? If Kingdom Hearts was turned into a melody game, like a rhythm game, a rhythm game, yeah. Well, oh, well, do I have news for you? Owen? We have a story for you, Owen. <laughs> well, uh, no, I, I'm I'm being sarcastic. Okay. Oh, I, was, I, I really would have to drop the bomb on you. Oh, Holy crap! Really yeah, no. Um. But it's the same idea, because like, I could have, have easily made the joke of what if I turned Kingdom Hearts into a card game as well. Yeah. yeah. Are, you, are you actually trying to rebrand Kingdom Hearts, though? Is that is that what we're getting at here? No, I'm not. Okay. I don't have anything to save that series. I was going to say, there's nothing an abomination. to do for that poor son of a bitch. It's, it's already made its bed. 
when we get to me, maybe I'll have something to say about that, but continue on. I got to know. All right. Um, now, I thought of this topic weeks ago because I had this one actually came to me like a, a wave while I was working. Uncharted needs to be a Breath of the Wild style game. I want the climbing to mean something. I want a stamina meter. I want a grappling hook that helps you get around. And you got to have some sort of glider, even though I know that makes it like blatant Breath of the Wild ripoff. But that's also like one of the best parts of that game. So you have to rip it off. I think it's fair to take that. Genshin Naughty Impact Dog does it really well. Like it's it's definitely fair game if you ask me. Now, Naughty Dog would not be the developer for this because I don't think they'd have interest in it. Despite the fact that all the issues we've brought up with Naughty Dog last episode, I still think that they're capable of making good gameplay. I don't dislike combat segments in their games. Um, but I've gone back and forth on either... Sucker Punch or Insomniac would have to make this version of Uncharted. And it's exactly what it sounds like. You would be not necessarily Nathan Drake, but you would just be some sort of spurlunker. And you would be going around a world and going to different places where you find out treasure is hidden and you do a ton of puzzles and you might have to fight some people. Hopefully you wouldn't be killing anywhere near as many people as Nathan Drake. And I just think that style of game works for the treasure hunting story of Uncharted. You think they'd be able to put a good story around that kind of format? Like, I don't want to say it's impossible. It could, it's, we've only done so much with Breath of the Wild so far after the, the three, almost four years it's been out. I'm not sure if a Naughty Dog narrative could fit a game like that because Naughty Dog games are very linear and their narratives follow suit. Having to spin one of and bend one of their stories around a world that is so open and fluid like Breath of the Wild, I'm not sure how what the finished product looks like there, honestly. Which is why I don't think it's Naughty Dog. I think sure. this would have to be total series reboot and it's an entry point we already saw the naughty dog movie version of nathan drake now this is the new uncharted and who would make i'm sure what who would make this i said either sucker punch or insomniac i think I don't necessarily trust. I feel like it would get passed to like say a sony ben that's what i'm thinking because i don't but i'm yeah i don't know if i trust them Honestly, I can't think of any of like for first party Sony games make first party Sony games. I don't expect us to get any new first party games that are of some complete new genre that Sony's never done before. They make the games they make, they make them well, and I don't think they have any intention of ever steering clear out of that. I know it's hypothetical. I'm not trying to piss on I, I'm not trying to, you know, piss on your parade. I just don't know who among them would make a game like this and it would actually work, you know? I think if Sucker Punch took what they built with Ghost of Tsushima, Ghost of Tsushima is very close to 
being similar to Breath of the Wild, but it's not quite there. It's still more similar to, say, what Assassin's Creed is now. It, all they have to do is make it a more vertical landscape with an emphasis on climbing and gliding, and I feel like it could work out pretty well. And as far as the story goes, um, I think there's there's room to tell good stories in in those types of games. I don't think Breath of the Wild necessarily does it. I don't love the story of that game. Um, but it wouldn't... I don't think it would come anywhere close to resembling what Uncharted before it was. It would not be movie-like. Any thoughts? I, I mean, I'm sure those who like Uncharted would be interested in it. I... I like Uncharted, but I'm struggling to get back to the franchise. Breath of the Wild scares me, but I do think that, I mean, I think if the game is produced well and developed well, I think the game would do very well. That's an interesting idea. I'm not sure how creative they could get with it, but it's an interesting idea for sure. I'm intrigued by it. I Mark, for me personally, it's hard to cut you off, but I think you have Uncharted, and you say, I want to take Uncharted away from Naughty Dog and give it to someone else to do anything with it. I just don't think it's Uncharted anymore because I think the core of Uncharted is really just Naughty Dog linear story narrative design is what it comes down to. And to rip that away from them, I would argue that Uncharted loses all of its identity because I don't I don't think too much of it really stands out without that. Like, but what did Assassin's Creed do? but rip away its own identity. Like, yeah, really. I mean, I'd argue, granted, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game since the first 20 minutes of Black Flag. And I said, wait, That's I hate exactly, Assassin's Creed. That was exactly I don't what happened to me. I got the ship in Black Flag, and it's like, you know what? I'm done. I didn't even get that far. I, was on, I was Which, on my first island, and I said, wait, I hate this series. Which I also started Black Flag and did not get very far into it. But by all accounts, that is a bad take on all of our parts. Everyone says that Black Flag is like the best traditional mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed. Which it's also where the groundwork was placed for it to become not traditional. But I think it, it was still of the same family of the of the Ezio days. Like it's it's crazy to me that in Valhalla even like with uh, it was Odyssey that was when they really went in the RPG direction right or there was one before Origins um, Origins was the first that's one. right that's right and that's what they went RPG and even here in Valhalla there's no climbing in the game anymore I'd heard which that really blew me away there which that makes it really different like it's not just a fr- like a a breath of fresh air at this point it's totally different I. I'm curious to kind of see what that is, but at the same time, that's it's a long game. I, I would rather play Syndicate of the whole series, but to bring this back to Naughty Dog, like, I just think the story and the presentation there, like, you can still present Assassin's Creed narratively in a very similar way. The writing I've heard is stronger. It's, it's hard for me to make a direct comparison between the two. They're just because I'm not super fluent in the newer Assassin's Creed games like to their cores of what makes them different other than just the systems. But 
it's still you're going to the past you're still I, there is still a story that's not in the animus world as well not sure how deep it is but that that style of naughty dog storytelling is just so core to the experience that in a breath of the wild that is so loose and so not directed anywhere i think they would fight each other those two styles they would fight each other really hard it i don't i think i'll go on i i think if you commit to the breath of the wild you would have to commit to the looseness absolutely that is the high point of that game despite uh, Genshin Impact is the one I've directly compared to. Like I don't know too much about uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising, uh, but that these are the th- these are the two games last year that were just like, yeah, I want to be Breath of the Wild really bad, and I'm going to try. Uh, Genshin definitely has a bit of a, a narrative structure, but like you can go back and do it whenever you want. It's only so core to the world, but it's very much tied with more of a I don't want to say game as a service or MMO kind of feel, but like sort of replay value of existing in the world and i think that complements the looseness of it versus its main story that it has my my last point to sell this game is the biggest thing in my book with the breath of the wild style is that it all needs to be based around physics and intuition based problem solving the reason Breath of the Wild works so great is because anything you think like, oh, maybe I could do this, you can. And that that is what I want to do only in an Uncharted setting. Why Uncharted? Then? Close my argument. Because I think it's a series that is going to get a different look because I, I think Naughty Dog is going to leave it. I, I think it's done with Uncharted. But I- so it's... Sorry. It's ripe for the picking for a rebrand here. But I feel like with Breath of the Wild, you know, there's magic. There's so many like different items. There's creativity. It's Zelda. You can go anywhere with it. Uncharted is grounded in realism. I'm not sure how much of the mindset of you think of doing this, you can do it. There is like I don't think you can aim your gun at your own foot. Be like, can I blow my own foot off? And then you pull the trigger. Oh my goodness, my foot's gone. You can do whatever you want in this game. Except for the puzzle solving, you can get really, really fun with that part of it. Yeah, that's true. All right. Who wants to go next? I have my pitch ready. Okay. Go for it. I want a Pokemon title made by Capcom in the vein to Monster Hunter a Monster Hunter World. Interesting. I am tired. I'm sitting up for this. I am tired of these cookie-cutter, game-freak Pokemon Company experiences where it's just the same 3D model Pokemon. You get an annoying bratty rival. You fight a team that's just made because there has to be a team. You get eight badges or trinkets or whatever the fuck, and then you go to the Elite Four... And then you win. I'm tired of it. I love Pokemon. I love the world of Pokemon. There's so much they can do with it. And the Pokemon company just refuses. I want to be in the world of Pokemon. I want to travel to their ecosystems. I want to be immersed. I want to still have my own team of Pokemon, but I want to feel like I am really engrossed in the Pokemon world like never before. I want to be able to go on and do raids and fight Pokemon and then with those new lower level Pokemon, train them, level them up and fight real 
powerful Pokemon, but not just some from 10-year-old bug catcher who has six Caterpies. I want to go find a Blastoise just underneath, like just swimming around in a river and then take it out. And then with my new Pokemon, I go find a Gyarados in a lake. I want to go in the skies and find a massive Pidgeot that I have to fight with my friends. I want that sort of immersion. I want that sort of co-op gameplay in the world of Pokemon. And I just want it so badly. My previous take on this used to be, I want Naughty Dog to make a Pokemon game. But my love of Naughty Dog, again, like you, I do not hate or dislike them, but the rose-tinted glasses have cracked. And I want Capcom to make a Monster Hunter-style Pokemon game for all of us to love and enjoy. Now, if I can add on to that, Peter, um, one of my picks was going to be either handing Pokemon to say Bethesda or CD Projekt Red. I don't know about CD Projekt Red now, but in a world in a world where they didn't do what they do with Cyberpunk and it's just the glory of Witcher 3, where just a very vast world that's kind of rich with little tiny things to do in it. Uh, just because I feel very similar with how Game Freak has held the Pokemon world. And I wanted to ask you that it's not... This, this example isn't fully fleshing out the idea of a Pokemon world, but... I thought it was cool that when they made Pokémon the fighting game that you got to kind of control the Pokémon and it was more it was a fighting game of course so it's not you're exploring the world per se but kind of a more in-depth look at just kind of like the one-on-one combat that can kind of go in between the Pokémon that's I think that did something for me there's only so many Pokémon you can kind of play as but comparing and contrasting that to something like Monster Hunter World like you're only going to be able to pick so many Pokémon to go through if you're going to have that detailed of a combat system right Sure, it's, why not? It's it's the only way it would work, but like I think it'd still be great. That, that sounds really a really it sounds way better than just some open world Pokemon game, honestly to me. Like imagine I mean the base roster could be like fifteen to twenty Pokemon. Then you have an expansion of hey, we're going to Sinnoh, here's some Sinnoh Pokemon. Then the next expansion of hey, we're going to Unova, here's some Unova starters and some other Pokemon, and then some Unova legendaries or other Pokemon and raids. Imagine like at, like several like environments you can go to are from the different regions. What if you could go to Cinnabar Island? What if you could go to the Spectral Realm from uh, what's the fourth one? The, Platinum, the fourth Diamond Pearl. Platinum. Imagine you could go there. Imagine you you could go to Mount Cornet and then from Diamond and Pearl. Imagine you could go and then you could also have like the Groudon and Kyogre environmental battle from three like all these other events and areas from like pokemon's past that you could go through and play with your friends who in the world wouldn't want that what a great way to take the legacy of pokemon and reinvent it in a new invigorating and enticing way it's there's so much they can do with that franchise. Like, oh, and what if you're working on your gro- like your Turtwig? What if I'm working on my Poplio? Mark, what if you're leveling up your Totodile at the moment? And it's like, all right, we're going to go to Cinnabar. We're going to fight some fire Pokemon, maybe even try to recruit one or two of them. Let's just go do that until we get our next evolutions or we get a new move or something so that we're ready for the next, like, the, so that we're ready for the next Bla- uh, Blastoise raid. Does that not sound wonderful? I mean, it does sound like it could be no, really that, interesting. What do you think, Owen? That sounds very cool. And I feel like, unfortunately, 
Well, yeah. At least this is unfortunate for me. You'd have to commit to Games of Service. And Games of Service is a thing that I struggle to maintain. Um, but for like a Pokemon one that we'd all be into, made by Capcom in the vein of Monster Hunter, I feel like we'd make the time. I I feel like we would too, and I really like the idea of doing raids to catch, say, like a raid for a Charizard or a Legendary of some sort. Like it, it would be pretty crazy. My one caveat Ooh. is that they would not all be allowed to stop making mainline Pokemon games because there are people, my brother included, that they just they just want Pokemon. They like the fact that they get a Pokemon game every two years and they go through it and it's the exact niche that they want Pokemon to be in. And I feel like that class of people still has to be satisfied. Well, I'm not saying we have to get rid of the main line, because if you'll take a journey with me, back in the Nintendo GameCube, we had two Pokemon titles that were very different from your usual new generation handheld title. We had Pokemon Coliseum and Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness that were very different from the usual uh, norm set by Pokemon. It was a I wouldn't call it an open world. Game, Mark, would you call it? You, you wouldn't call it games. Oh, not at all. Not, yeah, at, no, all. not at all. They're very linear, but they don't take they take place in their own continents. There's no fighting the eight gyms as you play as this character and you just find random Pokemon throughout. Some are catchable, some are not. You find something on your journey and you're actually going through stories. And different environments that you never have in a Pokemon before. And the linear of the, like the linearness of a usual Pokemon title is thrown out the window. While they were making that though, they were also working on Gen 3. So you, I think you can't have this game coexist with your usual Pokemon. I'm not saying eliminate the bread and butter, but give me some jelly on my sandwich. I don't just want the peanut butter sandwich. You can have some jelly and the peanut butter sandwich is still there. I do know those two Pokemon. I'm all in. I I like the idea too. I I think it's a great idea that I just don't think we'd get the depth we want from it because there's no way they would make uh, the. I don't think that each Pokemon we'd be able to play as would have the depth we wanted to just because I'm looking at Monster Hunter World weapon types right now because each weapon type would just be like one of the Pokemon and there's only 15 in there. And if you made a game like that, you can only play as 15 Pokemon. I feel like some people would be a little bummed out about that. But like you can, if they're all starters specifically, like some people are going to feel they catered so hard to the starters that it's just ruining, taking away from the diversity there. And I feel like to really hone and really kind of like take advantage and really cater to that core Pokemon experience, but on a different level, they have to evolve at least a little bit. Like at least let me get my Totodile up to a for alligator or my Turtwig to a Torterra and do that in a Monster Hunter world. I don't know how that would play out exactly. I, I love the idea of just kind of like having to explore a level and try to hunt down the big boss. Like in a volcano level, it's just full of a bunch of different fire type Pokemon that can kind of come out of the lava or kind of blend into the environment depending on the Pokemon. But like the task is just so big. And I do I don't know if Game Freak is willing to step out of their comfort zone like that. Like I'm really curious to see what the Pokemon MOBA that they have working on. Like I don't imagine it's gonna be particularly deep and 
be some sort of mainstay esport, especially under Nintendo's watch. But that's that's the first sign to see how how much people like something very different. I don't want to say something like this is impossible just yet, but man, do they not have the track record? My last moment of uh, raining on the parade here, though, is that it would be reliant on Nintendo online infrastructure. Oof. Yeah, that's why I want Capcom to make this one. Now, I I was thinking Capcom would have a better handle on that, but they're still relying on Nintendo Online, which is not the best. But I mean, it could work. It could. In this world we're building right now, we are just handing the property to people, and they do what they see fit with it. So this, this yeah, game runs we, on the PlayStation 5 as well, I want to say. Yeah, we need to... like lose a little bit of our realism i think mm-hmm. like all right mark do you have an idea i do like one of them is very similar to peter's was pokemon in an open world setting so i i kind of wanted to just try piggybacking off of that but the other one i have we talked about kingdom hearts and i really think now i think i don't think anyone here is going to agree with me i think i'm going to be shut down immediately but i think this is maybe not for the better of the world but what i think is better and i think then we take Kingdom Hearts and we rip the Disney out of it to take it all out at this point. Maybe maybe we can keep... No. Not, we say goodbye to Donald and Goofy. Give him, give him a sad farewell, you know? Just like bittersweet. Actually create a scene that lasts that we haven't seen for so long. Arguably ever, really, but I think it's about time. I think it sounds like... It sounds like you're describing just a more action-oriented Final Fantasy with much more unlikable characters. I mean, that's that's one way to break it down. <laughs> well, that are you gonna okay? Fair. How, Mark? How can you look at Kingdom Hearts three and think to yourself, you know what the problem was? Not enough, Nomura. But like. I feel like for me, Kingdom Hearts can shine at the most when it's very Nomura, and that's what turns a lot of people off from it. But I've come to really like it. Even a lot of the parts people didn't like about Final Fantasy VII Remake are some of the things that drew me in the most to it, other than just the combat of that game. What really, happened? How? What happened? I mean, you got to finish what that happened? remake. Yes, I can't. I cannot spoil. I, you want me to spoil it? No, I just mean how. You went up, but I just don't get how you are now in love with the Nomura, where I thought you were also like me and starting to just see it for what it is, which is just a bunch of borderline. It, it, he's like, he, this podcast is going to be so long, I'm going to have to cut myself off. What Go I ahead think, and I'm just going to shut up. Here, here is what I am thinking. You're, and breaking. you're right. You're right. I have talked in the past with you that I just think sometimes the story can be nonsensical or just kind of it retcons itself a whole bunch. But I think if we gave the entire screen time of this these games to these storylines and just let let Tetsuya Nomura do whatever he wants with every second of the game, rather than just trying to squeeze in the little bits of Disney he can, he can just go as far as he wants. Like even in Seven Remake. I, I, I won't go into that because that involves spoiling so much of the game. But Kingdom Hearts 3, don't do I that. will not. I cannot and will not do that. 
But Kingdom Hearts 3, everything, even Kingdom Hearts 2 does the exact same thing where all of the plot of that game that matters to the story is just crammed in to the third act. Like everything almost happens there. A little bit at the beginning, a little bit sprinkled in at like the halfway point. But that that is it. It doesn't really get to exist as itself. And that's not really what I think a lot of people come to Kingdom Hearts Four per se, sure. You're just making one could argue you're just making another Final Fantasy of sorts, but it's one that's stretched on for so long. So much investment has been there, and the Kingdom Hearts where we have and where we're at right now, I would love to see them just take a turn and be like, "Hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna have Disney in here. We're just gonna see how this sits and how this works just on its own merits of being its true self." And sure. I don't think a lot of people are going to buy it, buy into it. But I know, I know I would love, I would, I would love that game. I think at least. Well, I think, I think that I have the correct take on this in that it's not take out the Disney. It's take out Disney PR. I think that's right. Obviously having, all of these Disney properties in the game is limiting in what you can do with them. Um, like I believe one of the critiques for kingdom hearts three, I did not play it. So you guys can confirm or not. Is that like a lot of the worlds you basically just play through what happens in those respective movies. This is, this um, is and that's true. no fun. Yeah. Like literally the muse, the whole scene from Frozen where Elsa sings Let It Go oh is almost frame God. for frame the exact thing except Sora, Donald, and Goofy are there sometimes. Elsa <laughs> doesn't know. It's I think it's hilarious. I don't like think canonically Sora is in the background. Tangled is an example where it's done well though because you feel like you're actually a part of the story whereas Frozen Elsa pro- if, if in Kingdom Hearts 4 we go back to Frozen and we're like, hey, Elsa, she shouldn't fucking know who we are because Sora, Donald, Goofy speak to her like once, maybe twice. No one she there knows she them. looks you, in their direction and that's almost it. You spend the entire world in a, on a mountain. That's it. You never actually go to Arendelle. You're just in snow all the time. But that is beside the point. I don't think you make Kingdom Hearts better. I have to be brief because I don't want to just waver off too much. You don't make Kingdom Hearts better by getting rid of the Disney PR. The Disney PR is not what makes Nomura write the dialogue and the story that he writes. Okay? That's not on Mickey Mouse. That is purely on his shoulders. It's on... Maybe it's lack of creativity, but it's definitely on the limiting nature that comes with working with Disney properties and you can't put any of those characters in compromised positions. But they tried, to, they tried to kill Goofy once for, to be fair and Donald sort of Donald killed himself at three at one point. He did. Interesting. I would not expect that. Yeah, it was, it was kind of cool for a second and then it didn't happen. What a bad game. Cinemar just needs to like fully fully fledged authentically be himself, not hold himself to any other story, be it Final Fantasy VII story or whatever Disney tells him he can and cannot do. I just want him to go batshit crazy once. 
and he's got a lot to work with in Kingdom Hearts, what he's already built up. I have theories to believe after playing Melody of Memories, uh, the rhythm game that came out last year, that maybe, just maybe, we're closer than ever from getting that. But, but I think it's, I think it's worth more than people would ever give the idea credit for. Truthfully. I will. I don't know. I just think of Sora as such like a cringy protagonist. I think of Sora and then I wish I didn't think of Sora. All right. Is that enough Kingdom Hearts? Have you guys gotten your face? I've had more than enough. I could keep going, okay. but I think we should move on. Well, I have a lot of different ones that I'm not overwhelmingly in love with any of them. But if I had to choose one, I think I'm going to make GTA take a lesson in RPGs from Fallout New Vegas. I want mm-hmm. GTA to maintain all all of its gameplay. I want it to be third-person action. You're in a city. You're driving around. All of that. I want it to lose the linear cinematic story. And I want it to pick up RPG elements where you can do more like... One, you can do more life simulator things. Um so then you can feel like you're actually a part of the city and you can go get a job or that they always used to have things where like in GTA four, if you hijacked a taxi, you could just do taxi things. I think they dropped that in GTA five. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and I, I want more things like that where even uh, going back to GTA four again, as annoying as it could be, the fact that your like friends would call you to hang out and stuff still makes it feel like you're in a city that is alive. Whereas GTA V, as impressive as it is, it feels more like a city that you can just drive around in and shoot a lot of stuff. Now, where does Fallout New Vegas come into here? Spoilers for GTA V. Oh. But... The end of that game, I thought was absolutely ridiculous, where you do everything. You go through the whole story, and then you get a text message on your phone that makes you choose. Actually, GTA 4 did this as well. They give you a crucial choice on your phone that makes you choose like how much money you want, pretty much. And then in parentheses, it'll say, like this will kill this person. This will kill this person. This kills no one, but you don't get a lot of money. What a dumb way to end a story. I hate it. So Fallout New Vegas is a perfect example of putting you in a world from the jump, giving you, there's like eight different outcomes to that game, and you can play all of them so differently, and everything has a backup plan. You can kill anyone in that game. You can kill a crucial person to a quest line but there's a backup there's a way to get around that or maybe you just ruin the quest because you decided to kill that person and if you did ruin the quest like it was probably it, it was probably deserved because you killed the main person to it um 
but I want GTA to employ more RPG elements so that it feels more like what they sell the game as where I want to feel like I'm in the cities that they're making. I don't need to feel like I'm watching a movie. Like I keep going back to this whole, uh, I just made my video essay came out about cinematic games and they have really soured in my mind. I'm sure I'll come back around more as time goes on, but I really just want games that make me the storyteller rather than uh, just watching cutscenes that can be cut together for, for a YouTube movie. You feel similar about uh, let's say let's compare GTA Five to Red Dead Two. Did you play all of Red Dead Two? I thought you did, right? I did. I did. Do you feel any different? I did about really it? like. Yeah, it. like I, I think GTA stories have never been the greatest. Like I think the games themselves have been super, super good. Like there's a lot of fun to be had in these worlds, but they just don't feel very alive to me. I think that's something Red Dead would really benefit from is just kind of give more life to it than. It really just tries to focus on like a satirical point, like perspective of uh, our world, and I just, I just think that is so tired. I think it is just, I think, not fun to play in. The difference, the difference with Red Dead is that Red Dead Two, I would actually say that the story was its shining light. Mm-hmm. In the open world stuff was good, not great. Um. It has similar issues where they make you feel like you're in a city that's more alive because you can like do the like hold left trigger and you can antagonize someone and stuff and that that can be fun on occasion. But in the end, you're still kind of just in a world that just has a ton of ragdolls that you can find ways to mess with. Um, whereas I think GTA is better on the open world end. Not as good on the story, and Arthur Morgan is a great protagonist, and that's all I have to say on that. Peter, thoughts? I am very intrigued by this idea. I really am. Be- I I would love it purely because of the fact that I find Rockstar single player games to just be mind numbingly dull most of the time. Honestly, I get bored of them pretty quickly. I don't really see any massive issues with this idea. I'd be very interested to see the kind of lengths and creativity that they would be able to take GTA in a a route like this. Do you have any specific... Who did you say you would want to make this? Again, I'm sorry. I missed that part. Well, I'd I'd want Rockstar to make it. Do you think Um, they could, though? And also, to add to it, I, I want it to fulfill the promise that cyberpunk had where cyberpunk they had this whole like oh choose your lifestyle this is all completely custom total role playing you can be this type of person and you can go through the game as this type of person and that will affect things from all reports i've heard it doesn't seem to affect things at all which is bizarre um i just want to feel I want the ability to feel like I am in a world in these games and not just an animation that I'm driving around in. If no one has anything to argue against it, no, I, just move I on. mean, I, 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 go on, Peter. What are you going to say? 
I, and I, I'm gonna sound like an asshole, and I do not mean to. This is an idea that I think cool. It doesn't really excite me just because GTA anything other than multiplayer doesn't really excite me. Like most Rockstar games don't really get me interested. I think that sounds like a cool concept. I don't want to take away from your idea, but it just sounds sure neat. Like I yeah. I'm not I don't really have any deep thoughts on this one idea like I did your first one. Mark, you were about to say something. Um I was going to comment on Peter pick there, but I just know Peter doesn't like open world games, and I think that's oh. just going to take him out of the picture entirely here. That That's definitely that's a future topic on the BNY game. Of course, of course, of course, for sure. Alright, Peter, moving on to your next one. Now, this one is a bit of a cop-out. Bear with me. It's it's taking multiple franchises and doing something with them. I want to solve Microsoft's biggest problem right now with their first-party franchises because not no one's really excited by them. You know, no one really has that much of a connection with most of them outside of, say, Halo and Gears. And that is an idea that I've pitched in private for years, and I will continue to push for it, especially now that they've bought all of these studios, is I still want Microsoft to make their own iteration of a Smash Brothers clone. We need to get behind Microsoft first party. We need to start liking these characters. We need to start wanting to see more of these characters. Look at Captain Falcon. Do you think as many people would be cheering for a new F-Zero if Captain Falcon hadn't been one of the most popular characters in Smash since Nintendo 64? No, of course not. One thing Smash does very well is it makes everyone grow attached to these franchises that we otherwise wouldn't be or haven't seen in a long time. Why did Kid Icarus Uprising ever get made? Because because Pitt was the first character added in Brawl, and people really liked him and latched on him, as did Sakurai, and that's why he would then go on to make Uprising. I think, one, I, I just like this type of game, and I would like to play more of them, especially with a game with it that would have as much financial backing as a Microsoft game of this caliber. I think it would be a very good idea for Microsoft so that they can actually start building excitement around all of their franchises. And if this game is well made, you will start having fans demand new games in these franchises and also hopefully demand that they don't come out like Crackdown 3 and that Microsoft actually handles these games with care and tenderness that they so desperately need to be. I'd say we need to see them now handle I, Halo Infinite first and see see how well they do there. That's true. That is true. I'm not sure if there is any correlation between the quality of Halo Infinite and There's not. I'm not sure why he said that. Unless 343 is going to make this game. Now, I think the most difficult thing is that, like, you could even venture to say that I'm like an Xbox guy. Like I like both sides, but where I'm playing my third party games is my Xbox. I couldn't name you the characters that go. Me neither. Not right now. Um, and that's a big issue. 
that's a big issue and it doesn't make sense to me because I would say that the alternative would be Microsoft sell all of your characters to Nintendo to go and smash. Um, and they've done that with Banjo. But that doesn't mean that they're making a Banjo game. And it should mean that they're making a Banjo game, but it doesn't. I think it's only a matter of time. Like People are still playing platformers. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe this E3 is the year we see Banjo come back finally. I really yeah, think it. Sure we, we saw this match two years ago. I think it's time. Wait, what was that, Peter? Do we even have an E3 this year? Fair. I don't. I don't think we will. I forgot that Rare also did announce another game like a year and a half ago, if not just last early, super early last year. Like they showed a cinematic trailer, no gameplay. Totally don't remember what it's called. Because I don't think I it's mean, seen sense. It's called Everwild, and it seems very pretentious. But um. Okay. At this point, I don't think Rare would ever be the one to make a new Banjo. Uh, Rare is clearly just not... that They're not a platformer company anymore. They don't do this stuff. But there's not even rumblings of a new Banjo. I, I've never heard a report of like, oh... You always hear reporters saying like, oh, my friends at Microsoft just like keep telling me that this is happening. And that's never happened with a banjo. Not that I know of it. He's really just become Easter eggs in other rare games, and that's that's his legacy now. I mean, his legacy will always be the Nintendo 64, but I think it will happen eventually. People hold on to that property so dearly. He's still such a beloved character. And I, I think there's just more room for platformers on the xbox let alone in all on all platforms really just we don't see too many platforms outside of the indie realm and on top of this what what is microsoft doing why has a new conquer game never been made what's going on people love conquer it's more adult i remember there was one game i don't even remember what that game was but they had conquer on screen for the trailer and it turned out he was he was Project just an Easter egg. It was Project Spark. Oh my god! Man, was I excited for that game, and I couldn't even tell you what the hell it ended up being. Yeah, Project Spark had a really good first showing because it it was like a it almost kind of reminded me of Dreams, like an early edition of Dreams, but totally ended up not being that. No, not at all. At the end of the day, it was still a game maker tool. I knew somebody who was a really big fan of it, but he also taught other kids. He taught kids how to make games, and that was part of his class, was teaching them how to use Project Spark. And then they discontinued the game towards the end of his classes, and he thought, well, I have to teach them something else now. That's upsetting. It was a real bummer. So, Mark, did we burn through your two because of the double up with Peter? Uh, yes, but I've come up with another one that I feel really good about. Oh boy, let's hear it. So, Platinum Games, very well known for their action-based game. And director Hideki Kamiya really uh, has a strong creative vision for everything he kind of works on. can be really over-the-top, very anime a lot of the time, but very, very strong energy comes from him. And I think Nintendo is just... If they really want to do something with the F-Zero franchise, throw it his way. Let him do whatever the hell he wants Holy with it. shit! I think if Hideki Kami made an F-Zero game, he could turn that into something oh, really cool. That that aesthetic, yeah. I think he could totally 
totally go very far with. I know they did Star Fox Zero, or at least part of Star Fox Zero, which... I think that part they didn't get off. If they, if they had most of the say in Star Fox Zero, it would have been a very different game. This is, I mean, of course, like Nintendo is going to manage the brand and like it sucks. Star Fox Zero was an, another retelling of Star Fox 64. Like they just couldn't tell a new story for whatever reason. I, I don't I play understand. I blame Miyamoto. I'm sure it was something like that. Someone in Nintendo said, no, we have to do this because people need to remember what they liked about Star Fox. But like, no, just with F-Zero, people know Captain Falcon. You don't, there is no F-Zero. We have to go back and be like, oh, we have to do F-Zero GX again. That story is so integral. The success of that game. No, nothing like that. Just let him do whatever he wants with it. He'll put a Falcon punch in it. Plenty of places, I promise you. And everyone wants to see that. There's not one person who's going to buy a new F-Zero game and be like, is this the one where they actually put it in the game? we take it finally is it not just in smash and the anime adaptation i think it just has the high potential to just be because f-zero is already like a really fast-paced action kind of racing game i've played the one on the gamecube and i don't really like that game to be fair like that game is like a soap on a like hill of ice just sliding around like it is just not fun to control to me like it is it's too much but i think it has the potential to to really like flat like ease that out a little bit just you can the tracks are really narrow and slim and just easy to fall apart off of everything and like kind of controlling that is a lot of the fun a lot of people say but i think there's more to it than just being so careful like everything just feels so fragile in that game that a reimagining to that to kind of i don't want to say make it more accessible necessarily just because it's a it's a hard game on top of it all but just there's a lot of room for more creativity uh, to enhance, I think, a more action-packed racing kind of game, and Hideki Kamiya. Only so trust you still want, to want it. it to be racing. Interesting. I think it still could be racing. I think it still should be. If you want to add more to that, like a second aspect to it, kind of like how Persona juggles a, a life sim along with its turn-based combat, like, fine. Do that. I, I'm down to I see was, whatever you want to do. I was, picturing, I was picturing Captain Falcon running around just throwing punches everywhere i mean why can't it do both like in the middle of a race he has to eject from a seat onto a larger car and fight some guys that are trying to take on his his car like ruining his chances in the race like switching between those two sounds like it could be very difficult very a, a lot of moving Actually, parts that idea just like sold me. like that sounds kind of badass really i'm not gonna lie like if you can make it work and it's not a lot to juggle i think you got a really awesome game right there I mean, they have to differentiate F-Zero because why bring it back when Mario Kart is doing is, is killing it as much as it is to the point now it even has anti-gravity cars and is including multiple F-Zero maps. If you're going to bring back F-Zero, it cannot simply just be another fast-paced racing game. You have to differentiate it in some significant way that it actually garners attention other than just being another first-party Nintendo racing game. I am all for this. A Kamiya F Zero game sounds fucking rad. That's a good one. I'm on board. I like that a lot. Um, I think we've reached the end of our time here. We've come to an end. Does anyone want to interrupt my outro? Mark, you have the floor. Um, Mark, I know. I know everybody here owns If Found now, so if everybody wanted to play that, we could talk about it. That'd be pretty cool. That's all I'll say. I still need to play that. I, I wanted to get to it over the holiday, but I got sidetracked with holiday things. Um, all right. This has been episode two 
the BNY Gaming Podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we're now on most podcast platforms. We have not made it to Apple yet, which is a bad one to not make it to, but we're on Spotify and stuff. Um, and as I... Did I preface this with how often we do episodes, or did we talk about that pre-show? That was pre-show. We didn't put that in recording. Well, mostly weekly. Let's leave it at that. We will see you guys next week, most likely. Goodbye, everyone.